I've been given one of the Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes are eight blessings recounted by Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount in the Gospel. When we're talking about the Beatitude found in Matthew 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. So what, so what does blessed are the peacemakers actually mean? Peacemaking qualities is what Jesus describes as characteristics each son of God should exhibit. It means Jesus laid down his life to make peace between God and sinners. And when we can carry that message of peace to others, we are peacemakers. God delights in those who can reconcile others to himself. The way people use the term peacemaker is ironic because it is often applied as an instrument of war and violence. This is far from God's definition. God views a peacemaker as one as one who lives in such a way that they bring peace to others. A peacemaker doesn't just prevent conflict, but works to bring about the highest good in others and the order to bring peace to the lives of Christians. And must practice peace ourselves. This peace is obtained by following the righteous law of God. We are told to let the peace of God rule our heart. In Colossians 3 and 15, it says, We must be actively working to have peace on our actions. Romans 12 and verse 18 also says, If it is a possible, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully, which all of men. So basically, we as Christians should live a peaceful life and try and help others live a peaceful life. Thank you. Thank you for having me uh, and for asking me to speak on how I survived mission. Um, I'm still doing mission, uh, so uh, I can tell you a little bit about how uh, it's going for me. Um, it's very difficult to say exactly how it's been uh, and how I'm surviving it because I've been here for almost uh, just over 26 years. Uh, as I as I said, yeah, I came out in 1994. Uh, I went back home to uh, finish university, and then I've been out here ever since. Um, so it's been it's been interesting for me. And what I what I want to try and do is to tell you uh, a little bit about how God called me uh, and and how I came to Romania in the first place, but also use it to explain some of the things that I'm involved in now. Um, I have a friend who makes fun of me whenever we watch movies that do flashbacks and keep going backwards and forwards uh, throughout the whole movie. And that's what I want to try and try and do uh, this evening. So hopefully it's not confusing for you, uh, but I'm sure it won't be. Um, but I just want to tell you something about how God worked in my life um, and how kind of in hindsight and looking back over these 26 years, how that's made made a difference. Uh, one of the the chapters, it's a well known chapter and a chapter that was uh, really helpful to me uh, was Luke chapter 10. I don't want to uh, read it all, but just a couple of verses from it. But uh, um Verse number two uh, is that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Um, and this is one of the, let's say, one of the things that I would really encourage you if you are thinking about missions and uh, you are thinking about how God is calling you um, to serve him full time is to read his word, uh, to look for his will in in the Bible. And that doesn't mean just opening the Bible anywhere and reading um, randomly. But whenever I, I was coming out to Romania, as I said at the beginning, I really believed that God wanted me to serve him, that he wanted me to be a missionary. 
But it was really important to me that God spoke to me through his word. And I prayed that God would show me um, through the Bible that he really wanted me to go and be a missionary. And this is the passage um, that God used in my life in Luke chapter 10. And it was really helpful to me because um, your feelings or thinking that you have a call can kind of maybe trick you and you can maybe say, I'm not sure if it was really true or I don't feel like it anymore, but God's word doesn't change. And many times I remembered back uh, on the words from Luke chapter 10 and how the Lord Jesus called the disciples and he said to them, go. And I believe that God was saying to me, go. And 26 years later, I still look back in these verses. I marked it in my Bible, but I still remember them, even if I hadn't uh, marked them, that it was God who spoke through his word. The other thing that's that's really important is that as a missionary, um, you are telling the good news of the gospel and it's important that you think it's good news too. Um, and this, this, com- this comes across whenever you're sharing your testimony or you're telling uh, your friends about the Lord Jesus and what he has done for you. If it's just kind of matter of fact and well, it happens to everybody. Yeah. Jesus is my friend. Yeah. It's nice. Um, that's okay, but it's not particularly convincing. Uh, whenever it's something that's really good news for you, um, when it's really touched your life and made a difference in your life, um, it's something that it, that kind of overflows from your life and you want to tell other people about it. And I think that that really shows. Uh, in Romania, um, we have really wonderful opportunities to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we go into villages uh, where there is no evangelical witness, no churches, no no other Christians. And we meet with children in the open air. We present the gospel to them. And very often a child will come up and say, thank you for coming to tell me how I can have my sins forgiven. Thank you for coming to tell me about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it seems that God has prepared the harvest beforehand. He has prepared the hearts of of people. Uh, he's prepared in our case because we work with children. He's prepared the hearts of children, um, and for them, it really is good news. And that's that's so encouraging. But first of all, it has to be good news for you. And sometimes, if you've been brought up in a Christian family or you've been surrounded by Christians all your life, uh, you don't always fully understand the impact of what great news it is. Um, but I would encourage you to to continue to read uh, the Bible, to continue to think about the wonderful things that the Lord Jesus has done for you until you're, if you're not, until you are totally convinced about the good news. In Luke chapter 10, we read that the harvest is plentiful. And the Lord Jesus Christ is saying these words, the harvest is plentiful. And again, this might be depending on where you live, depending on your friends, depending on the people that you meet each day, you might doubt this verse is true. But the Lord Jesus is saying it, the harvest is plentiful. Uh, There is a harvest um, to be reaped. Uh, There are people who need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, and there are people who will answer it. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says that the gospel is the power of God. And uh, we have a wonderful message wonderful message to tell but there are people who will respond to the gospel and that for us in Romania we have seen that so many times we've given out tracts we've given out gospel booklets we've put programs online 
Um, and we've just seen how God has brought people uh, and and told 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 us come back to us and said uh, how wonderful it is to hear about the Lord Jesus. We we've been this year because of um, COVID. We've been doing a lot of literature distribution, and um, in one of the areas that we were giving out booklets. A man came to the door and he said, this morning I was praying uh, that God would show me if he exists, but I didn't know that he was going to send someone to the door. And it's just a reminder of the words of the Lord Jesus. The harvest is plentiful. There are people that he is going to bring in uh, from his harvest field. There are those who are going to be saved. We just need to go uh, and take the good news to them uh, and let them hear. Um, Another thing that we read and Luke chapter 10 is that it won't be easy um, and it, it won't. Uh, if you've tried to tell your friends about the Lord Jesus, um, if you've tried to share the gospel with others, I'm sure there's been times that you faced uh, rejection. There's people who've made fun of you. Um, it hasn't been it hasn't been easy. Um, and that's what we learn in Luke chapter 10. But we go back to the fact that there is a harvest and the harvest is plentiful and there is work to be done. Uh, whenever I went out to Romania, uh, there were people who said to me, um, maybe you shouldn't go. And people who would give me reasons why I shouldn't go. And one of the reasons that could have been that I shouldn't be in Romania uh, was that I did not enjoy learning languages. And I heard you talking about this earlier about learning French. Um, I hated French. I did five years of French in school. I did not enjoy it. I couldn't speak it. I couldn't understand it. Um, And to be a missionary and to go to another country uh, where they speak another language from a human point of view made no sense. Um, But I was sure that God wanted me in Romania. Um, I was sure that he wanted me uh, to serve him and take the gospel to children. And I needed to do that in Romanian. I couldn't do it in English because everybody here speaks Romanian. Um, but for me, what, God worked a miracle and God enabled me to learn Romanian. He He gave me what I needed to learn uh, the Romanian language. I haven't learned French. I haven't learned any other language. I still would say I'm not good at languages, but God helped me to learn Romanian. And I'm very thankful to that. And so I would encourage you to uh, do what you can, learn what you can, be the best that you can be, but also to trust God um, for the areas that maybe you're not good at languages or maybe you're not good at something else, uh, but God will uh, provide what is lacking whenever you're willing and you want to to serve him. Um, another, let's say, lesson that I learned along the way was the importance of having supporters. Uh, in Luke chapter 10, we read that the Lord Jesus didn't ask the disciples to go alone. Um, and he doesn't ask you to go alone either. And I would really encourage you when you are uh, going to tell people about the Lord, whenever you are witnessing to your friends, get those who are praying for you, who are supporting you in the ministry. I would say it's one of the things that I didn't do particularly well uh, when I first went out to Romania. Um, I thought very much in my mind that it was wonderful that people are praying and they're giving. Um, but the idea was they they get on with the praying and the giving. I get on with the evangelizing and everything works well. But I think that God expects us to be an even greater team than that. I think it's important that when we ask someone to pray for us, that we come back to them and we tell them how God has answered and show them that their prayers 
have made a difference and encourage them and see that there is a partnership. And I would encourage you that uh, if you do go on mission teams, if you are considering full-time missions, uh, that you get those people around you who are committed to praying and supporting you because you will need that support base. You will need people behind you, encouraging you and supporting you. I look back on 26 years um, and there are those who have prayed for me and supported me all of those years. And I think that's amazing. Um, I think it's amazing that God has enabled them to keep so faithful. Um, but it, it's really been an encouragement to me to have that support team. Um, and it's been very, very important uh, to have it. Uh, the Lord Jesus says, the Lord Jesus Christ says in Luke chapter 10, pray for workers. Uh, whenever I was speaking to John about uh, speaking here this evening, he said, um, listen to the other people who spoke um, to get an idea of what they said. And it was interesting because I listened to I listened to Lauren and I listened to Tim and uh, Tim said something. He grew up on a farm and he considered that he was working from from early years. Um, and I think this must be what everybody who says who grows up on a farm says, because I share a house with the girl, uh, Linda, and she also says the same thing. She grew up on a farm and they were working from they were children. Um, but it's interesting because it ties in with what the Lord Jesus said. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I think farmers would say that there's lots of work to be done, but we need more help. And so anybody who grew up in a farming family knew that there were times in the year that everybody helped. There was a need for everybody. And I think the Lord Jesus is saying this in Luke chapter 10. Everybody is needed, not just a few full time workers, not just a few um, church workers, but everybody is needed to bring in the harvest. And that means everyone who is a Christian, everyone who's put their trust in the Lord Jesus should be taking that message. And so I would encourage you not to think, do I need to be a missionary or should I not be a missionary or every one of us? Um, is called to take the gospel, to take the good news uh, of the Lord Jesus. Uh, something else that uh, as you grow older, you're more and more aware of. And maybe this year, more than any year, um, is something I've been aware of, that it's very urgent. Um, and I have something to show you. Um, this is something that I, I needed. I don't know if you know what this is. You'll know approximately what it is, but you don't, I don't know if you know where it's used. Do you know what it is? Can you see it? Don't have a clue what it is. Couldn't tell you. Like. Okay. So it's a candle, and it's used in Orthodox funerals. Uh, Romania is an Orthodox country, and uh, they are there's. A lot of the majority of the country is is Orthodox, steeped in Orthodox tradition. And this was a candle that was used uh, on Friday. Uh, yesterday, I was at a funeral um, of somebody who uh, was printing for us. He was a good friend for many, many years. Uh, and he died very suddenly at 66 years of age. And at the funeral, um, they, because it was an Orthodox funeral, they all light candles and the candle reminds them that the Lord Jesus is the light of the world. Now in their case they believe that by lighting the candle that they are giving light to the soul that died um, and that somehow they try to help 
the soul uh, get to heaven. Of course, we don't believe that. We believe that through the Lord Jesus Christ, it's very, very sad to see um, those who have no hope, especially at the time of uh, a time of a funeral. I didn't light my candle, but I kept it uh, because I wanted to remember uh, just how urgent it is that we tell the gospel and how urgent and how important it is that we surround ourselves with people, uh, not just Christians, um, but those who need to hear the gospel. This man who was printing for us um, in CF Romania, he wasn't a believer. But we had many, many times the opportunity to, to present the gospel to him. And we trust that he did uh, put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though we didn't get to hear about it. But it was certainly a great reminder uh, to us in CEF uh, how urgent it is. You just don't know uh, what tomorrow will bring. Uh, you don't know uh, when you're going to be at the next funeral. Um, and it's so important um, that you take every opportunity that you have to take the gospel to those around you. And the final uh, point that I, I want to to mention is uh, that a, that the Lord Jesus, he is the Lord of the harvest. It is his harvest. He's the one who's bringing in the harvest. He's the one who's doing all the work. Um, and he is the one ultimately who will uh, bring it in. Uh, in Romania, um, we have a girl who's serving with us. She's a full-time worker with Child Evangelism Fellowship. Uh, and whenever she was a child, she received a tract, a gospel tract in her school. The CEF worker uh, went into her school and just said, could I please give a tract to every child? Uh, and he gave out the tracts and he said, um, if you want to learn more about God, then you fill out the little coupon at the back and we will send you lessons through the post. She, Her family weren't believers. Um, she didn't have any other contact with Christians except this little tract. And uh, she filled in the, the little talon, little coupon, and she wanted to learn more about God. She did those Bible lessons. Uh, she put her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ um, and she continued uh, to learn more about God, joined a local church. And today she's serving uh, full time with the mission. And she said, you know, the difference that it makes in the life of a child, because you make the effort to go and you take the gospel to them, whether it's a gospel tract, whether it's uh, inviting them to a meeting, whether it's giving them something or just a conversation, um, it makes a difference. And she's living proof of that. And she says, I want to do that for the children in my area, what others did for me. Um, and it really it's wonderful to see. Over the years, how the Lord of the harvest does bring in the harvest and, and our responsibility is to be faithful and to take the gospel and uh, to believe that it really is the good news um, and to take the gospel uh, wherever we can and trust him with the rest. So thank you very much. I don't know if any of you have any questions uh, or anything else um, that you would like uh, to learn about Romania. I think. To sum it up, how I survived, I, I, I don't know if I'm still surviving, but um, how I survived is because it's all about God. It's it's his work. It's his harvest. Uh, it's he he does uh, the calling. He provides the workers and he's the one who brings in the harvest. And it's all about him. And I believe that that's why I'm still here today, because uh, because of God and who he is. So if any of you have any questions or anything else you'd like to to know or to ask.
Uh, I have a question. What would you say would be one of the biggest differences analyzing in Romania and the omission there in comparison to say if you were to do it in Northern Ireland that we don't really understand from, from a Northern Irish perspective? Yeah, one of the big differences for us, um, I haven't been in Northern Ireland for a while, so I, I might be wrong about this, but a lot of people in Romania, um, because they're Orthodox, uh, they believe in God and they say that they're a Christian. So if you go to somebody on the street or if you're doing evangelism and you say to someone, are you a Christian? They will say, yes. Do you believe in God? Yes. And from a Northern Irish point of view, you might think, oh, they're saved. Um, but once you start to ask questions, more questions, uh, you will find out that we don't believe the same thing. And one of the things that we don't believe the same is that they don't believe that only through the Lord Jesus Christ can you be saved. They believe that you need to do other things as well. It, he is the saviour. Um, we do go through the Lord Jesus, but there are a lot of other traditions and other things that need to be done. This is this uh, this is one of the things. Candles need to be lit at funerals, um, but many other things as well. So they say they're Christians um, and they believe in God, and that means you can't just ask that. You need to you need to ask other questions, and to make the difference, they call Christians. What, what we would understand as Christians, they call them repenters. And so they'll say, are you a repenter? Um, so that they can work out that you're not an Orthodox Christian, you're, you're different. And that's how they tell the difference. Fair enough. I, uh, it's, I, never, I never heard of the word those, the, being used as repenters before. I wouldn't know that if you had a window over it. I suppose that. Thank you very much. Has anybody else got any other questions at all? Claire, were there any times whenever you, you first went out and full time in the first months and years that you just sort of weren't sure if you're doing the right thing or couldn't see yourself being there long term? And how how did you get through any of those kind of periods? I, I don't think I ever had a time when I didn't think I would be here uh, long term. But I did have times when it was very difficult and it was those times that I really uh, went back on the Bible verses that I believe that God used in my life when he brought me out here. Um, and Luke chapter 10 especially was very special to me um, because uh, it talks about the Lord Jesus uh, calling the disciples and saying that he will provide for everything they need. And then later on in the chapter to rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and to rejoice in your salvation. And those were very comforting to me, those verses. Um, and I remembered them often, especially at the beginning, um, that uh, I knew why I was here. Um, and I I believed that God wanted me here. Um, I, I really... Um, I, I really had a very strong sense of calling and doing what God wanted me to do and taking the gospel to children. And child evangelism fellowship are very focused. <laughs> we evangelize children. Um, so it's, it's, it's very easy to stay on point. It's very easy to stay focused in a sense, uh, because that's what we, 
what we try to do. And that helps a lot. Um, you're not easily distracted into other things. And in Romania, you could be. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of other difficulties, other problems. Um, and it would be easy to say, let's do social, let's do something else. Uh, but we we really try to focus on, on the evangelism and on the gospel. It's not easy. Um, and there's many times, even after 20 something years, um, there still are challenges. Um, but I'm not really, um, at the, I wouldn't say, right, that's it. I've had enough. I'm away. Um, it's, it's not like that, but there are, there are still challenges and difficulties. Thanks. And how have you, how have you managed then in the past six, nine months when all your normal kind of summer ministry and, Good news clubs and all those kind of things have been have been taken away. How have you coped during that time? Yeah, well, we um, back in March uh, as a mission we, in Romania, we said, look, 2020 didn't take God by surprise. So um, there's obviously some work for us to do. Uh, he's called us to take the gospel to children. So let's see how we're going to do that. And we moved very quickly, we moved all of our ministries online. So we started doing online Sunday school, online Good News Club, um, and literally thousands and thousands of Romanian children um, came and watched our programs. And we had children watching in from all sorts, all around the world, from Peru, Australia, China, um, just wherever there's Romanian children, they were listening in. And we realized that this was God's year for children, Romanian speaking children around the world to hear the gospel in a way that they've never heard it before. And whenever we had, we have a, we have an online club where children can chat and children, we would ask them, where are you from? Um, and they would say China, Australia, wherever. And we thought this can't be true. But when we looked up Google analytics, we saw that that's where they were, they were coming in from. So literally tens of countries, uh, many countries in Europe, but uh, a lot of countries outside of Europe as well. And so we saw this as as an opportunity. Um, it's difficult at the minute. We're, we're already in three weeks of another quite uh, restrictive lockdown here in Seabue. Um, so it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to move about. It's not easy to do normal things. Churches move back online again. Um, but... Uh, we just get on with it and and trust that God knows what He's doing, and there's still work for work for us to do. So, and, and do you think even if in six or whatever months things are back to normal, do you think you'll continue some of the things that you've started now because of what you are able to do through them? Yeah, yeah, I think we would. And we, for for example, training volunteers. Uh, I think we'll continue that. We trained hundreds of volunteers this year, and many of them said if this had been in Seabue or if we'd had to travel to a certain location, we probably couldn't have come because we've got small children or we've got jobs or we've got whatever and we couldn't have come. So I think we'll continue that. Um, and we'll definitely continue online programs to children um, because we're, we're reaching far more children than we would otherwise. But obviously we'll, we'll move to face to face meetings as well as soon as we can. There are children in villages without internet connection 
and they say, please come. They're praying that um, lockdown will, will finish and we'll be able to continue uh, good news clubs. But where where we can, um, children wear masks and we, we meet with them in the open air or even if it's cold, they still want to meet so much. So we, we do what we can to meet with those children too. Okay, thank you. Have we got any other questions at all then? Uh, can I ask you, I think you said uh, you you came you, you came home after a while in Romania and finished your studies and then went back to Romania. What made you what why did you decide to continue with your with your studies or or what were you studying and has that kind of helped you? Yeah, um, I had I had taken a gap year, so um, I was supposed to be going back to university uh, at Queen's uh, to study business and computer programming. And at, because I was 19, um, a lot of people were saying to me, you really should finish your education. You shouldn't just stop everything and give everything up. So what I what I did was I I, I finished the three years at, at university um, I took another gap year between second and third year um, and all of my summer holidays, Easter holidays, Christmas holidays, all the free time that I had, uh, I was back in Romania again. So by the time I had completed university, um, I also was fluent in Romanian and I, I was able to, to move there to live. Whether it's useful to me, yes, um, I I. Well, I, first of all, I think I would have been too young to move to Romania full time at 19. Uh, I think it was important that I came home first. So I think that was good. Um, I think 19 is too young to move away from home completely to another country, another culture and so on. Uh, so that was one thing. The other thing was that it, it was helpful to have a degree. Um, there's there's many different things since, for example, I did an accounting course in Romania I needed to have a Romanian and I needed to have a deg- degree to be able to do the accounting course. So there, there are things that it's good to have further education. Um, and I've looked back on that and seen, seen the benefits, but also the computer programming has uh, been good for me as well because I can uh, do some, uh, basic programming on our websites. Um, we've, we have a number of websites for children, um, that they can access and do different lessons and games and um that those years at university have been helpful for that as well so i can see how it was it was god's way and god's plan to do the to have to finish the course to finish university but also i have i have used it uh, since then do we have any other questions at all or Usually we never have as many questions as this, Claire. <laughs> a strange person. <laughs> no, no. Do I have any other questions? Will anybody want to ask a final question? Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite Romanian dish? Uh, favourite Romanian dish. They... They do this thing. It's made from corn flour called polenta. Do you know what polenta is? 
Yeah. Um, and they have it with sour cream and cheese and different things. And that's probably my favorite. The, the, they have a speciality of cabbage rolls with mincemeat and rice. It's okay, but it wouldn't be my favorite. Um, but I suppose like everywhere else, um, it's very influenced by lots of other countries as well. So uh, more and more people are eating pizza and lasagna and, uh, uh, chicken and chips and all the rest of it. So, uh, but those would be the traditional, the traditional dishes, cabbage rolls and this polenta. Fair enough. Like, <laughs> at least there's uh, some, some decent grub, like it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just going to pray to finish of the evening. Uh, Claire, thank you very much for coming. You're welcome. And, uh, thank you. It's, it's one of the advantages of, of using Zoom and being able to have this technology that we're able to, to fellowship with you and have you to, to come and speak with us yeah. um, over this. And uh, yeah, we'll be continuing to remember you in our prayers as you're working over Romania with the young people over there. Thank you. Um, so I'll just close in a word of prayer and then we'll wrap up. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for um, the night we've been able to have, Father, online. We thank you for um, the word that Josh brought and that Claire brought, Father. We just um, lift up the ministry that Claire's involved with, Father, with the CEF over in Romania, Father. We just pray for all those children, especially in particular, even those children that they're living out in villages without any internet, Father, not able to join in and in, in, in children's activities online, Father, and, and listen to the biblical teaching, Father, online, Father. We just pray and uplift those their children, Father. We pray and uplift up, that um, you'll just draw alongside Claire, Father, and just help her in her ministry, Father. Um, just pray that you'll strengthen her, Father, and give her all the strength that she needs to be able to carry out your will, Father, in Romania. Well, Father, we ask all this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen.